Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Welcome into the Palazzo Podcast. Today we are talking about July. June is done, and now it's time to take a look at the players that are hot, hot, hot. Who's going to sizzle in July? Your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier, will provide a few players for you to take a look at. They'll also talk about the latest standings in GLARF, Palazzo Podcast Invitational, plus catchers. Can they hit 300? Is it possible? We cover tons of ground on this show, and we do it all for you. We lost three subscribers to our YouTube over the last 24 hours. So if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, would you please do so by going to Palazzo Podcast. That's YouTube.com slash Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. It's going to be a doozy of an episode, just like it always is. It's Friday. It's the 4th of July weekend, so we're hot and heavy. Take it away, boys! Utah, give me two. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Deary and Govier, Plato Podcast. Woohoo! It's Friday, Friday afternoon. Happy Canada Day to those that observe. We got the Blue Jays and the Rays playing right now in honor of Canada Day. A special 3.07 Eastern Time start. So that's going on. We actually have two games in progress on this Friday because we got the Cubs doing their classic Friday afternoon game, taking on the Red Sox. Two storied franchises, Deary. The Red Sox and the Cubs going head-to-head. But if you're listening to this after the fact, you don't care. The game's already over. There's 162 games in a season, so it's like, who gives a shit right now about this? But we're live on the air, so we can... It gives us something else to talk about. I love afternoon baseball. I miss growing up watching WGN with the Cubbies. Afternoon games all the time. WGN. Don't get that anymore. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was cool, you know. Leon Durham. We were talking about Leon Durham in the Discord the other day. Cecil Cooper and Leon Durham came up. Two first basemen of the 80s who are never mentioned, but were really... Actually, All-Stars for a couple seasons in the 80s. They were legit. They shared a card that I used to have. It was like the two best first basemen of 1984 or something. Leon Durham and Cecil Cooper. What's up, Smalls? Cecil Cooper had some good years there with the Brewers. God damn it. Are you serious? Jaron Duran hit a home run already. Well, (laughs) I'm only bitter about it because I picked him up in that main event, and then he only played two games and got sent back down. And then I dropped him, and then he gets called back up the next week, and he was playing every day. <laughs> and 
playing well with stealing multiple bases, which I needed. And there I was thinking, well, this guy keeps coming and going. I can't trust it. But now he's like permanently with the team. Something's changed. And I'm really sure what it is. Enrique Hernandez. Is he still on the IL right now? Because I know Christian Arroyo came back and he's been playing. And then he got restricted because he couldn't play in Toronto. So then it was another reason to be like, well, I don't want Duran on my team. He's not going to play in the series because he's not vaccinated. But as soon as he comes back, he hits home runs. He hits leadoff all the time, Deary. It's very, yeah. very clear to me that they like Duran, but they played such weird games with him that it fucked me all up. It did. It screwed me up. I, I didn't know what to make of him. The Red Sox are becoming this organization that you're just like confused about some of the moves that they're making. We've talked about it a bunch with their bullpen this year, and now they're doing it with Duran. Like, yeah, every time he plays and he starts, he starts in center field and leads off. I mean, it's been 327 right now. Just play this guy every day and really see what you got. I mean, 57 plate appearances, but this up and down and sitting and just, just play the guy. I don't know what's going on in Boston. Well, I think it's clear now that he – will stick with the team. And as I say those words out loud, I I feel trepidatious and nervous about it because things change so quickly. I know they do change quickly. It's scary. But, you know, he's the leadoff guy. And even with Christian Arroyo back, when Enrique Hernandez comes back, that'll be the question. Will he stay in the lineup? Because they don't want him as a bench guy. He'd have to go back down. That I'm very confident in. But... Uh, I'm not sure when Hernandez is coming back. I thought he was getting close. We'll have to double check on that type of information. But that's what we do here. We kind of speculate on things. There's some things we know oh, right at the top of our heads. So there's other things we don't know. It's Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Please follow us me on Twitter. That's the handle where you go to directly, and you'll find a pinned tweet that talks about Cecil Cooper. No, this is the official Cecil Cooper podcast now, as Jared says. What's up, Jared? Jared's one of our Michigan locals, and he's always in the Discord doing his thing. Love you, Jared. You're a good man. I love all you guys. Smalls, Just Bob, all the regulars. Jamie, we had a good time yesterday. I talked to Chris Towers, did a one-on-one. If you want to do that, go check out what he had to say about a few things. A lot of it was just like uh, random bozo talk about nothingness, <laughs> but I still, I still thought it was interesting. And, Deary, you're going to be on the wire coming up here. Uh, have you recorded that episode yet? No, tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. I'm going to be on with Adam and Kevin. Uh, thank you for the invite, and I'm super excited to join you guys tomorrow night. Talk yeah, fam. yeah. Hey, that's what they do, right? That's their thing on the wire. Get it? It's not a clever name. It's just a straightforward. Hey, we talk about the waiver wire, picking up players, fab money bids, etc. So make sure you follow Chris on Twitter, C Deary nineteen ninety nine. That's in Deary is a dearly beloved. I'm at MJ Govia Gov is a Victor I E R. And like I said, the Discord is free. You can find that in the pin tweet at the top of the Plazo Podcast you Twitter talk. handle. And if you want to Give take an two. extra mile, you can go to the Patreon. It starts for as little as $3. And today's show is going to be about where we are now. We have three months to go here, dearie. It's July 1st, 2022. We're going to talk about some players that we think are going to do some things in July. And really just about the state of your teams and what you're going to do today and how you're going to handle doing those things as July 1st. Is the official countdown here? Three months to go. Deary, is there a team where you're done with completely? Or are all your teams still in the hunt? Most of my teams are still in the hunt. I mean, besides my TGFBI team, which is just riddled with injuries, and that's in 15th place. And I will make my bids and I'll set my lineups. That's about it. Every one of my teams are are, are in the hunt still. Uh, you know, Glar from doing well, still the, the top there. You're right on my heels, though, as I 
last checked last night. But some of my head-to-head leagues, I'm kind of fighting between fifth and like seventh place. Uh, you know, we might talk a little head-to-head today too. Head-to-head has been frustrating for me this year because I've just run into buzz saws every week. And what I like to do is what I like to do about every month and a half is just kind of look at where I would be at if it was a roto league. And I tend to be if it was a roto league a little closer towards the top of the standings but that's kind of the fun of head-to-head you can have a shitty week and you know maybe take nine or ten categories so that's the fun of head-to-head but certainly not done yet i'm grinding here as we go through july and hopefully we'll get to talk about some players later today that we're excited about who could possibly break out this july oh nelly yep it's gonna be a doozy for sure uh, our latest patreon post i did last night it's called june swoon equals what did I call it? <laughs> June swoon equals something Ju- soon. July, July poon. Yeah, that's what it was. Yes, that's exactly what it was. June swoon equals July. No, hot soon. That's what it was. It wasn't July. I tried to make it July something, like July oh, to the maybe. moon, but the graphic just didn't look very good hmm. next to the other side. June swoon didn't match up with July to the moon. It just had a symmetry that wasn't there. So I ended up going with hot soon it's you know i'm always scratching and clawing for (laughs) the lamest way to make a title more interesting and that's what it is june swoon equals hot soon and there is a whole bunch of names because to me dearie and we'll talk about some of these guys later on but when a guy struggles one month there's more of a likelihood that the following month will at least be better I mean, a streak could go forever. It's true. I mean, slumps could be brutal, but <laughs> yeah. you know, two-month slumps, those are pretty, pretty intense and not as common. So I'm looking at guys that you know, struggled in June that probably will turn it around and maybe are already showing signs and reasons for that. Maybe they had a uh, lower FIPS than their ERAs by maybe two runs. Maybe there was other things about their profile, but uh, that's basically what it's about. If you like that kind of stuff, yeah, you know, it starts on the Patreon for $3, but that's kind of how I looked at it. Like, these guys suck now. They can't suck forever. Yeah, of course. And there's certainly circumstances of why these things happen. You talked about just, you know, some unluckiness or guys that could be coming back from injury and maybe have started heat up in the last couple of months. Obviously, the ball changed at some point last month as we saw the home run numbers go up. So oh, as man. I was looking look, looking at this, and we'll talk about it a little later, is I was kind of looking at guys that were trending over the last couple of weeks and also a little bit of history of, of what's been going on and also some of those outlining numbers that just don't seem to add up. So I see July is a huge month for fantasy baseball. It's probably the most important month if you're really going to you know, make some ground in some of your leagues or if it's time to maybe sell the farm and some of your dynasty teams and build for the future. So there's a lot of uh, things that could go right or wrong over the next two weeks for me and that will – dictate how i'm going to handle some of my uh, trades as we get closer to the deadline are you through mr wizard i completely agree star platinum says if your era and whip were near the bottom as of today would you try to save it or go with as many double starts as you can to try to load up on wins and k's well this is a classic phenomenon in roto you're trying to make up ground your era and whip are just trash on july 1st Double starts, two steppers, two start pitchers the rest of the way. Deary, what say you? Yeah, I probably I probably would. I mean, 
it, it's interesting. You got to look at your matchups and who these guys are pitching against. But I mean, if you can make a big climb in two categories and you're already shit the bed in those other two categories, it's going to be difficult to come back with ERA and whip wins and K's are certainly things that you can, you know, try to stockpile, but wins are not guaranteed. We know how it goes. It's difficult for guys to pitch into the seventh inning, a lot mm-hmm. more middle relief and, and closers are getting wins now. So it's not like you can just pick up, you know, Three pitchers are going to get two start weeks coming up, and you're not guaranteed three or four wins. I mean, there's a reason these guys are probably available. And like I said, wins are hard to get. Wins are hard to come by. I know, shocking breaking news here. Look, if those two areas, your ratio cats, are screwed up, you got to start looking at it through a mathematical formula. How much time do you have left? What kind of ground can you gain? Can you gain six points in the standings by going from a 380 ERA to a 360 or 355 that'd be a big push and what would it take to get there you, you gotta start getting the calculator out and break it all down make a final decision for yourself in the end it's up to you to make those choices we got big news from just bob who's always breaking news on the palazzo podcast here ronald acuna will play today he's back in the lineup after sitting out all week possible foot fracture nope it was all good he's not ozzy albies he's not going to be out for two months so there he is Back in the lineup. And I thought, you know, in the bi-weekly leagues where you can switch hitters in NFBC leagues, you can set it on Monday and you can set it again on Friday. This is great news. So make sure you get Acuna back in for the weekend. Me and Eric Cross, shout out to Eric. my man. We have Acuna on our tag team league, which we are still in first place by 20 points. We are dominating that league right now. And we're, uh, I feel really good about that, but can never get complacent because last year we were winning all season long, and then we lost it in the last month. So I am not. Huge I'm learning from that lesson. Yeah, I'm learning from that lesson. I'm I'm always looking for the edge here, and I'm always pushing Eric. Like, hey, we got to make sure we do this. Well, I want this guy. We got we got to stay up on these standings in this category. It's important. And with Ronald Acuna being such a boost to us in steals, between him and John Bertie, who, by the way, uh, dirty, did dirty. you check up? Yeah, you, so what do you think of the, my new song, Deary? I couldn't stop singing it yesterday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't yes. stop. I'm, I'm like mumbling it around at work and people are like, what are you, what are you mumbling? What are you singing? I'm like, I, I can't even explain it to you. It's something to do with my, my podcast partner. <laughs> yeah, that was a, I was, I was doing a few lines too. It was catchy to me. And total shout out to Chris Olson, by the way, please follow him on Twitter at KO underscore reporter, KO underscore reporter. He works at baseball HQ. And when I put out, the word last Sunday, I said, Hey, who should I do a song about? Name me a player. And he came up with that concept, John Birdie and the Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan. And I'm like, Oh my God, that is a great call. So, total credit to him for the concept. I put all the pieces together. So he's the Bernie Toppin, I guess. And I'm the, uh, the Elton John. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. So, well, that was cool. it's like, it's funny. Like, if you would have told me at the start of the season you'd be doing a song about John Birdie, I'd be like, man, why are we just doing a random guy that maybe can give you some steals? But holy shit, this guy's been on fire. And if you have yeah. him in any of your roto leagues, you have probably climbed the standings because the amount of steals he's been getting. We talked about him last week. And it's great that you ended up doing a song about somebody who's wow, fantasy dude. right now. I put it in the video. You could watch video right here on the Palazzo Podcast YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel. We're up to 317 subs. We appreciate any more subs. We really would like to bust out here. Let's take it up a notch. Share it with your friends. If you, some reason you listen to the show and you're not subscribed to the YouTube, just take a moment to subscribe. It doesn't take much. You click a button and it's done and it makes our day. So 
I put the video up there. It goes along with the song, and I showed our standings when we barely had John Bertie, and then after John Bertie, and we went from we were dead second to last in steals, and now we're sixth. So <laughs> just because of that guy, that's that. I really believe the John Bertie run here in June might end up securing us the title this time because it's such a huge advantage where we were so weak in that category, me and Eric, in our tag team league. That is you know, a lot of people play in that tag team league. Uh, Zach Waxman, Mike Kerlin have a team. John Fish has a team with somebody. I never know who his partner is. I'm a little dubious of that, John, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, and Baseball Pods, he runs a team with uh, his partner. So there's a bunch of people who know what they're doing. It's run by Maddie Davis, Maddie Wood, at FTN Fantasy. Maddie. And... I really think John Bertie, if we stick to what we're doing, might be the difference maker. We'll look back and be like, that was a guy who secured us a title. So I hope that ends up being the case. <sighs> Having said that, Bubba is here. Hello, Bubba. What's up, man? He says, Paredes. Isak. Isak Paredes. Real or an imposter? His home run pace is unsustainable. But what can we expect? Well, if you're a Tiger fan, you can just expect being fucking pissed because we gave him up for Austin Meadows, who is back on the DL. And shit, man, Paredes has got 11 home runs. If he was on the Tigers, he'd be leading the team. You're a lousy fucking softball player. Austin Meadows, if you were a baseball player, sub softball for baseball. He's got vertigo, dude. I'm telling you, there's. I know he's on the IL now for Achilles stuff, but I'm telling you, this vertigo thing is, it didn't just go away. And I... I know that teams protect shit and players like to hide shit too. So who knows what's going on here? I find it very, very bizarre that he was out for a while with the vertigo, comes back, barely plays, still has zero home runs for the season. I'm I'm not buying the Achilles thing just yet. I'm very, very cautiously worried about that situation. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I've known a couple people that have had vertigo and it's not like, hey, I'm back in a week. Like this could be long lasting thing. I'd like to know Chris Illich came out and talked today. I would love to know. Oh, he did? He say anything he relevant? Oh, my God. Go Tigers. I would like to know if Chris Illich even knows who Austin Meadows is. Yes, uh, Chris Illich came out and talked today. It's fucking deplorable. This guy is the owner of this team. He's, what did he, he say? Did he say anything? He, he says he's encouraged by the progress of the Tigers. He said it was off to a slow start, uh... but he feels encouraged lately. And that... <laughs> He likes the progress of the young players. What fucking progress from young players? Shut up, Rookie in the league. I don't. I, this guy has no clue what's going on. And you know, no team that with Al Avila as being your GM. Like I'm, I got one foot out the door with this team right now. I'm ready to jump ship. This is awful. I know you are. I've never seen you so depressed about the Tigers. I'm, all our years, we've known each other. We've known each other a long time, and you were really, really uh, coming down hard on them, as you should. They have not been. This is them. That's the audio version of the Tigers right now. It's Gilbert Gottfried. Rest in power, Gilbert Gottfried. So. Go Tigers. Uh, Bubba says, do you think Tampa Bay dealt broken goods? I really do think it's possible. Everyone has this It's status quo now. Trade with Tampa Bay, you're going to get burned. Everybody seems to know it, and it. It's a common theme on Twitter and Major League Baseball and fantasy circles. I don't think every trade Tampa's made has been legendary. I think I could I could dig up. I could dig up a few words at least like it's fairly equal. Um, but in the end, this one will probably go down pretty badly. I think Isak Paredes has a good bat. It's obviously not a sustainable pace. The home runs will slow down. 
The question is, can he provide you other things? Can he get on base? And if you look in the profile, I wrote about this on the Fantasy Baseball Confidential for Fantrax HQ. You can read that every Monday at FantraxHQ.com. I read a big-ass article about all kinds of stuff, and I did a focus on Paredes, and he had incredible walk rates in the minor leagues, like stupid walk rates before he came up. So if he could continue to get on base when the home runs go away and still score runs and drive in runs, I'd there's not going to be steals. That's not part of his profile, Deary, but I think that Paredes is a guy that you should absolutely take some opportunities to acquire. And if you're rebuilding Dynasty and you want to bring him into the fold, I think that's a wise idea too. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon here saying, oh, this is it. This is the guy. But there's enough talent there, and there always was a pedigree there that it certainly doesn't seem like a total fluke. Unsustainable pace of home runs, but a guy who has a really solid profile as an offensive weapon. Yeah, he showed in the minor leagues that he could bat, you know, 275, 280 with, you know, a little bit of power. But like you said, his walk rate, his career in the minors was upwards to double digits and he doesn't strike out a ton. His, his first, you know, dip into the majors in 2020, his K percentage was pretty high and it wasn't very good, the, uh, you know, the next year. But once he came up to AAA and was even with the Tigers last year, he didn't strike out a lot at all. He hit a lot of ground balls. But I think what's really surprising is these power numbers is, that he's showing right now. 11 home runs and 118 plate appearances. Is that sustainable? Yeah, is he a guy who's going to hit 35, 40 home runs? No, but it's clear Go that Tigers. this guy has 20 to 25 home run power ability. And he's still only 23 years old. So it's like, Jesus, Al, you got fleeced again. Poor Al. And Jared's, <laughs> Jared says, Chris Illich praised Al Avila's performance for the Marlins over 20 years ago. Hey, all right. Way to go back in time, Chris. You're really digging deep on that uh, praise. You know, Al made one good move in 2004. It was incredible. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was amazing. It was an amazing move. I, I, just take my word for it. Trust me. I've never screwed over anybody in my life. My name's Chris Illich, and I love the city of Detroit. Go Tigers. I, I uh, wonder what yeah, it's like joking. for Al Avila's kid, Alex, who, you know, we've seen him on MLB Network. We've seen him in the booth for Tigers games, and he's also been on the radio a ton in Detroit. It's like, man, you're 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 the son of like villain number one in Detroit right now. And there's no way he doesn't hear the you know smattering of just deplorable shit that people is, are saying, which is warranted oh, yeah. because he's been a disaster. This is a six, seven year rebuild, and they're taking steps back. Like I'm so upset with this team and their performance under management. Yeah, maybe you would be surprised. Maybe you wouldn't. uh, How much these guys can insulate themselves and really be cut off from the world. Like, they just don't know. They're like, "Ah, I'm so rich and I'm so wealthy that I'm just going to have this bubble I'll be in and I'll be fine. Message! Yep, there's your message. Chad's here. Chad from Twitch. He's our official Twitch representative for the Plazo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter and on YouTube and everywhere. Hey, guys, I just came hoping someone would hold me and tell me Ian Anderson's issues are just from him being space jammed by Kyle Wright, and it will be better (laughs) soon. I don't know what space jammed means exactly, but I do know that you might be hitting on a player that I'm going to talk about in our main segment today about guys who might turn it on in July. So stay tuned for that, Chad. That's called a teaser in the biz. Chad also says, I mean, the Rays traded away Trey Turner once upon a time, no matter what, they are kind of coming out as losers in the wrong run. See, thank you. Not every trade is... That's exactly what we need to... 
Yeah, Pump tone it down a little bit. Let's keep it real. And Chad always does, by the way. I disagree on Paredes for what it's worth. The power isn't a great fit at Comerica, which basically just makes him Austin Meadows without the track record. Uh, you know, first off, he's a right-handed hitter, and it's always a myth that Comerica is not good. For certain hit, for right-handed hitters, you can crank bombs at Comerica. You always could. That porch, it's not a porch, but it's very attainable to hit home runs to left field. But if you're saying that he's more of a oppo taco type hitter going the other way, of course, that would make it much more difficult. But Miguel Cabrera made a career out of being a guy who could hit the ball anywhere at Comerica. Yeah, and I also just look at what's on the Tigers roster and in the minors when it comes to second base and third base. It's absolute shit right now. Jonathan Scope, he's here for a one-year deal. He's betting... I believe still under 200. Jamar Candelario, after his million doubles last year, he's been a mess. What are your replacements for these guys? We saw Cody Clemens. He couldn't do anything when he came up. Ryan Kreidler's not having the season that he had last year in the minors. And we know what Harold Castro is. He's just a left-handed bat that might be able to get on base, but he's not a full-time player. So they traded away a guy who could have been a solution. Ah, look who's here, but they met Ken. Woo! What's up, Ken? Joe, what the fuck are you yapping about, Gurmit? Uh, what's Gurmit? I don't know what that means, Kent, but it's good to see you, Kent. I'm so glad you're here. We always love having Kent here on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Uh, here, let's get into uh, some business. Belvedere. Listen, I miss Belvedere. Yeah, me too. Streaks on the China. Never Kent, you like this song? It's annoying. Who cares when you drop kick your jacket as you came through the door? No one glares. Oh, man. I got to give total credit to Mr. Britton Allen himself, who really got me back in the Belvedere spirit. So thank you for reigniting my Belvedere flame, Mr. Allen. You should follow Britton Allen on Twitter and check out his show. Three is a magic number. It's a great show. It's on the Triple Play Fantasy Podcast Network. Kent says, I heard Govier is selling this show to Griffey Jr. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Is Griffey Jr. buying things? Do I Kent's, Kent's too smart for me, man. Seriously. Welcome to the show, but I, I I can't pick up on anything, man. You're just way ahead of me. <laughs> what the fuck? That, yeah, it must be weird to walk into a baseball show to hear Mr. Belvedere. That's weird. Uh, Deary, Big Beauty, Govier smells like ham. Well, if I smell like <laughs> if I smell like rum ham, I probably stink, too. I probably do. Although I did shower last night because I played softball in a scorching heat. It was so goddamn hot, I had to take a shower. I don't like to shower every day. It's true. It's unnecessary. You don't have to shower every single day. But if you go out in 95-degree weather and play softball, you're going to be gross. And there's dirt in the air. The infield's made of dirt. It kind of collects in your head. And you don't notice it. If you leave a game, you'd be like, wow, I get a lot of dirt in my head. It's weird. I don't have that problem. I ain't got no hair. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to uh, offend you. However, uh, you could look at it at another angle, too, and, you know, say, Victory lap certified. Victory lap for Deary. That's what that is. That's a win. So... All right. Uh, still a good kid, though. Go see Deary go. Okay, good for you. Hit for a cycle? I did not hit for the cycle last night. Me and Deary uh, lost our playoff game, by the way, on Monday. 10-8. to 8. It was a heartbreaker. Uh, I felt that, Deary, you felt a little rushed. You were late, and it wasn't fair to you because you had to come right out there. Didn't get a chance to warm up, and we started slow. But we closed strong. We could have won that game. We lost by 2-10-8. to 8. We had the tying runs on in the, the last inning. Yeah, it was it was a classic get the bat started way too late and we were just trying to chase from behind. But yes, I was five minutes late to the game. I got there right when we got onto the field in the bottom of the first there. And what happened? First ball to me, error. Next inning, 
Trying to throw it over to first base. Not a terrible throw. Probably could have been made by a professional first baseman, but you know, Derek did his best, and, or Darren did his best and couldn't get it. Yeah, and I let another one go like right between the wickets. So, yeah, three errors. I, I I'm good at not blaming myself for you know losing no, the game because if you had a big hit there, later, we probably we probably could have won. So you drove in some runs later. You had a big hit. So it's all. If you make a mistake, the goal is to try to even it out by coming back at the plate, and that's the game. Make that team play well the field. Though. That team is not good. That, that, that's what pissed me off. Yeah, well, they got they off just, to a hot start. Yeah, they were just placing everything like right over the second base bag. It was landing like right at the. It's the game. You know that it's, I know. We and played a over, and we actually got a couple force outs at second. Like he was moving in, but yeah, he yeah, helped. They're, they're playing smart. They did. Yeah, full credit to them. They won, and that's how it goes. You got to accept it, move on with your lives. Uh, Bob says he's a golfer. Oh, he's just like you, Deary, by the way. You and Just Bob should go golfing sometime. Deary went golfing this morning. I sure At did. good old Bushwood. I sure did, yeah. Brookside, lo- lovely Brookside over in Celine. We call Bushwood because it's just a yes. dumper. It's just a dumper course. <laughs> I, shot a, I shot a 40 on the front. Oh, that's good. Nice job. Yeah, right. I, had, I, had seven par- I had seven cards. Seven pars, a bogey, and a triple. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. Seven pars. That's very, very solid. Just Bob says, you need to wash your balls every day in reference to the showering thing. Okay, well, I did listen to George Carlin's comedy bit from 1999 the other night, actually. And oddly enough, he said... You got to wash the four main areas every day, and that being your your butthole, your balls, your mouth, and your armpits. So there's some truth to that. You're right. And whenever Leanne shows up, I always shower. So I guess it's kind of like when she's not here. I don't. Yeah, uh, it's a complicated process. Okay, just bathing in your filth. (laughs) Deary passionately ripping Tiger's management is therapeutic. Jared is healing from what you have to say. Thank you, Deary. Healing the masses of Detroit. Fuck this team. <laughs> uh, C. Deary needs to move up in the batting order. Govier needs to be GM. Well, I am the GM. I, I'm the manager, I guess. So, yeah. Maybe I should retire. You're right. Maybe it's time for me to hang him up. Kent, I always appreciate your words and support. It wouldn't be the same without you. Anyways, I want to thank Bill Hammock. Shout out to Bill Hammock. He's a new patron. He signed up yesterday. Welcome to the Patreon, Bill. Plus, we had three people sign up last Friday. That was awesome. Darren and Jasper and Sid, all three of you guys. And you guys have been in the Discord doing your thing. I mean, this community's really taken, taken off. It's pretty cool. It's really, really unique, and I'm grateful for it. And for every Kent, there's 25 Darrens and Jaspers and Just Bobs and Jareds and all you guys that make things so worthwhile. It's not cheesy, not being trite. I'm not bullshitting you. It's the truth. So grateful for all that. Really am. Uh, I wanted to give shout-outs also to the Discord. I did that. To the Patreon. I did that. I do a fantasy AMA every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We had Darren and Jasper in there last Sunday. It's audio-based, so it's on the Discord channel. It's an exclusive channel only for the patrons. And we have an audio space like a clubhouse or a Twitter spaces. And we get to talk as much as we want. It's basically like a radio show that's not on the air. Or like this, but there's no video. You can use video, but it's I just use the audio. Because if I'm somewhere else, I could be doing two things at once, dearie. It's much easier for me. Uh, I'm doing the... Uh, if you enjoy keeping up on who's been left on base every day, I try to do on my feed, on the MJ Govier Twitter feed, that he left us. Where I post the daily leaders in... 
left on base. And every day there is a teammate letting another teammate down. And it's just never ending, dearie. It's a concert parade of people <laughs> left on base. It's plaguing the baseball world every day. Sounds like our softball team on Monday. Mm. I think we left yeah, the we- bases loaded like twice or three times. We did. Yeah, I remember making a comment about that. That really sucked. Uh, for example, yesterday, Thursday night, I posted on my Twitter feed, MJ on Twitter, if you want to follow. And the leader for left on base was Ahmad Rosario. Ahmed Rosario left seven on base. That's a big number. That's The biggest number I've seen this season is nine in one game, dearie. That's the that's the season high. I did this a couple years ago on Roto Fanatic 2 during my uh, videos when I did the quality start videos, which is something I grinded on when I first got into this game and I realized I was grinding too hard and it really kind of took a stressful toll on me, but I would do the little beast for those videos. And I think I saw a 10 once, I think I did, but that would be really rare for 10 left on base by one hitter. Jesus Christ, 10? That's a lot. It did happen. I feel like it did happen. So, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that are, are involved in this. I mean, obviously, guys need to be on the on base when you come up. I mean, your offense seems to be doing something, and the pitching you're going against must not be that solid if guys are getting on base. But, man, it's yep. that clutch factor. When someone gets on base, you, you got to be able to, to, to pull through. And uh, I think there are some takeaways from doing it. I, I like seeing who's up there every day. And... Uh, frustrating with three or four of my guys because sometimes i don't have a chance to you know be on my stat tracker or, or watch games all the time and then i, I look I'm like oh man like i only went one for four and had like you know one rbi and then i see oh shit he's on the lob team here and he's this guy's on base shit he could have yep. had a huge game <laughs> that's right a star platinum says my friend got a double eagle on a 470 yard hole what do you think of that dear is that impressive jesus christ I, i'd like to know how far that drive went i mean 470 par 5. I mean, I, I don't know if I could get there, too. Sure you could. Couldn't you? I'm only, I'm only like 240, 250 tops off the tee. Yeah, but, uh, okay, so if you hit 250-yard drive, which would be a very impressive drive, right? That'd be good for then me. You, you'd have to hit... You could hit an iron 220, couldn't you? No, I can't. I can hit. I can hit an iron two hundred tops. I would probably be hitting or a hybrid, or a hybrid, or a three. But yeah, to sink it from there, Jesus, that's that's amazing. Yeah, he I've, must have I've, been a big bopper. I've eagled once with a putt, which was a whole, you know, probably a little shorter than that. It was probably about four fifty, four forty, and I hit like a three hybrid up there and put it like three feet. But man, a double eagle is insane. <laughs> Just Bob says, I don't judge. Don't look into what I said. Thanks, Just Bob. I know you're a good man. Hey, you can judge me all the way. Kent says, the sounds you always play are annoying as fuck. <laughs> okay, here you go. Just for you. Shout. Utah, give me two. Wow, dude. Message. There you go. Those are off. Yeah, what else we got here? I'll get this one. Right yeah. here's a silver bullet all the way from Colorado. Coors. That's, that's what I, I wanted Coors. Flawless victory. I love them all. Victory lap certified. Everyone. The more you know, the more you know. Yeah. Some of these I haven't heard. You have failed. Get trusted. Welcome to hell. <laughs> Whatever, motherfucker. So, 
I think I did that one already. Please. We talking about practice. What are you doing, Rafi? Oh, God, since I left you guys, I was tracking the bear most of the night. Didn't get him. But I did find a big, fresh pile of shit that I thought I'd second harvest because it was full of Hershey Kisses. Spoiler alert, they weren't Hershey Kisses. It was just more shit. I ate it all anyway, got sick to my tummy, puked, pooped, jerked off, and now I'm here with you bros. What have you guys been up to? Population. And you want me to change? <laughs> Fuck you! That is bullshit! Too many cooks. <laughs> and a ground. Too many cooks. And a ground ball into left field for a base. Oh, George Kelly! They're going to wave him in. Beautiful. Going to be close, and he's going to be out. Oh. <laughs> Whoopsie, Daisy. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. I lock love it up. rumors. Could it what? I've been a huge ass. mistake. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Fuck you, dickhead! Call 911! Because I want to fit in. I'm not arguing that with you. I love rumors. <laughs> Don't be that guy. No way! Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass! Huh? But they are we couldn't we do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. <laughs> we suck. This is America, Jack. You play to win the game. Oh, wow. Got some old NFL coach cuts on that last board there. All right, there it is. I went through all eight sound boards. <laughs> that was, And there's like hundreds more that are in the computer file, but there's Eight banks with Gorgeous. eight buttons. So there's 64 buttons I could hit simultaneously. Ooh. Thank you, Kent. That was for you. And if I derailed the show, who fucking cares? <laughs> I thought it was, yeah. So I laughed. Uh, <laughs> I cried. Yeah, that was fun. I, we've never done that before. Maybe that'll be something. Every time. Anytime someone gets pissed about sounds, I'm just going to shove it in your face. Uh, Just Bob says, update on Joey Wendell. He's now off the IL. Okay, that's great news. And uh, for all the Chaz owners. Oh, Jazz or Chaz? Jazz. I think he means jazz. 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 But jazz is on the IL. Jazz has a back problem. So it's good news for John Bertie. I know that. It's great news. He's not going to leave the lineup at all. No, he's not going anywhere. They'll play him in the outfield. They'll play him at second base, third base. Fantastic. Dear, you called it. 250 yard drive and then 220 yards on the second shot. That's amazing. So, awesome. all right. Uh, and then uh, it's, it's even more. Yeah, I'm, I'm more impressed now because if someone hit it like 300 and then they're only like 170 in, that's that's a little different. But yeah, sink one from 220. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Kent, you're not laughing with this. Oh, come on, Kent, please. It's Why? Friday. It's Fourth of July weekend, man. Come on. Yeah, come on. Live life. Enjoy yourself, man. One day you'll be dead. And this won't mean shit. This won't mean a goddamn thing. I'm telling you that right now. Cheers, boys. Be well, Chris Deary. You're beautiful. Keep this thing alive by the day. Yes. Without the sh- Chris is the heart of the show in the end. I'm the doofus. Chris grounds us, and he oh, and he's funny, too. He's very underrated when it comes to his sense of humor, and I want him to get more appreciation for that as well. All right, let me blow through this, because now I've, I got... <laughs> that was so dumb. I do head-to-head rankings on Patreon as well. The head, me, uh, Deary's supposed to do them, too, but he's very busy, so I can't, <laughs> can't promise you that he'll do that. I've, I've been I posting those a, every week, though. I had a list, and I, you know... I, you know, every okay. time I hear like uh, Chris Towers, you know, talk about how he updates his weekly, I get like motivated, and then I'm I pop up my computer. I'm like, I can't do this right now. 
It takes a lot of work. You have a he has a very time, busy man. man. You have a job. Yeah, you have a very busy job too. So I don't have that. That's a big difference between our lives. So I dedicate all my time to you guys as much as I can. Uh, so check out the head-to-head rankings. I post those weekly. There are 450 players. I think they're useful. It's for head-to-head cats, not points. But you can still use the rankings for almost anything, I would say. The Fantrax article every Monday on FantraxHQ.com. Fantasy Baseball Confidential. I love doing that article. I hope you enjoy it. I know you can get something out of it. And then a shout-out to Bogman and Welsh. Those guys came through in the most bizarre way. They and called you. Check, they called me live. Totally spontaneous. They apparently have this board or, like, thing, the wheel they spin, and whoever wherever it lands on is what you got to do. So they had to call an analyst or something, so they called me, and I happened to be doing my first viewing of The Fast and the Furious that day, which I was live-tweeting, <laughs> which I'd yes. also never done. I've never live-tweeted a movie. I know people have done good, that before. Man. Yeah, it was interesting. I never saw that movie, so I thought it would be a new experience, especially because it's so old, and it started the whole franchise. But Bogman, it was Bogman. It was a 480 number, and I usually wouldn't answer. That's what's funny, too, dear. He's so often I never answer the phone. No. But I saw the 480, and for some reason I picked it up because my brother used to live in Arizona. He had a 480 number forever, so I thought of that. And then I thought, I also have my school where I'm getting my master's in online is based in Arizona. I thought maybe it was them, too. So it was out to be Bogman. And they made me sing for them. And you can hear the whole thing on their latest episode of In This League podcast. I think it was posted on Thursday. So if you want to check that out. I love those guys. They're so unique. They're We're so relatable to them. We, I feel like Bogman and Welsh, me and Deary, all four of us, we could like meld into one podcast and it would all flow the same. I feel very connected to those guys. Fucking hilarious, man. Hey, people can call us right now if they want. You got your uh, number at the bottom. That is true. You know, we only had one person ever take advantage of that. That was Mike Curlin. He did call yep. the show once. And, hmm. Yeah, no no one's called. I've had a couple scam likelies called. I don't of know course. who that was. So I got many of those. Yeah. At least they tell you it's a scam now, so I don't even have to answer. It's a very... I will give the credits to the iPhones or whoever came up with that for doing that. All right, then, uh, yeah. So I mentioned all that business. That's enough for now. Plus, finally, five-star review on Spotify. We had a friend of ours. He heard about last time I said somebody gave us a negative star rating on Spotify and he came through with a five star. I can't remember who that was off the top of my head, but thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. And if somebody else could rate us five stars, if you use Spotify at all, just give us the five star rating. All you gotta do is click. You don't have to write a review, but if you could write an Apple podcast review, that would really help the show guys. I'm not begging. I'm just asking if you like what we do, give it a shot. All right. After all that, I think we've been on the on for like an hour. Let's get into leading off. You want to talk some baseball? <laughs> okay. Oh, we got a couple comments here. Just Bob says, loosen up. I hope he's... Maybe you're talking to Kent. Yeah, I feel like you're talking to Kent. Good man. Ooh, Chad's got breaking news. Look at this. Astros are calling up Corey Lee. Everyone in leagues with catchers rejoice. Deary, does the name Corey Lee ring any bells? No, not really. Not my Neither. fault. Yeah. Corey Lee. Corey Lee. The Astros. Lee. Six foot two catcher, 210 pounds, 23 years old. He's got 10 home runs at AAA this year. Ooh. Okay. He's going to turn 24 this month. Only bad 226, uh, high K rate. Got six stolen bases. Ooh, look at this. A catcher that could swipe some bags. Corey Lee, get excited. Oh, that's, 
That's strange. Yeah, that shows that. Well, catchers are always strange. underrated for their athleticism. They really are. Like MJ Melendez, he is such an athlete. I watch him play. I swear he could steal 20 bases in a season easy if he wanted to. I really believe that. Maybe I'm crazy. I do Melendez? Have yeah. I've got issues. Just accept is, it. Look, is he going to fit as a catcher forever with them? Hell yeah, yeah. Sal Perez, is, he's fading, man. Sal Perez can't catch forever. Melendez is going to be an excellent catcher for them. I truly see him behind the dish. He's so athletic, and he, he's killing lefties this year. Uh, I don't want to spoil another name that could be coming up here shortly. Look, Corey Lee, based on the profile you see here on Fangraphs, like Deary said, six deals is nice, ten home runs. Doesn't walk a lot. He's got a 285 OBP. That is not good. A AAA, I'd like to see an OBP at least at 320. That's not that's not wonderful, but he could have been struggling. And in his previous seasons, eh, it's kind of the same thing. At AAA, he seemed to have struggled a bit more than at the other levels. So whatever. Corey Lee, Chad, if you got something else to mention about him, please let me know. Because otherwise, I don't really have much to say about Corey Lee of the Houston Astros. 220 is like the catcher batting title this year. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's bullshit. That is bullshit. We've got... Um, we got a couple catchers that are really playing well this year, Deary. If you look at some of the best catchers in the Two, game, batting. I got to bring this up. 220. What, yeah. Who's got the best batting average as a catcher right now? Tell me. I want to know. Seriously. I think I think the best catchers in the game. JT Real Muto has struggled. I know he's got a bad batting average this year, so I'll throw him out. Sell per- Two, okay. 239 for Real Muto. Yeah, that's not. He's a career 272 hitter. That's not good enough. Then Sal Perez has been injured, so throw him out. Then you've I got... Uh, I think he's actually right on this. <laughs> no way! There's, th- there's three guys above 240. No, 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 no. See, Tyler Stevenson can hit for average. He's hurt right now, but he can hit for average. So I want to make sure that even though he's hurt right now, he's a 280 hitter. He can hit for 280, and that's... Sure, 220 for every other catcher most of the way, that's fair, but... I want to give my guy Tyler Stevenson some love because he deserves it. And even though he's on the shelf right now, he deserves credit for his ability to get hits. And I love that man. And I want to make sure that he is praised. All praise be to Tyler Stevenson. Am I wrong, Gary? Come on. He was, he was betting 305 before he went on the shelf. Hell yeah, dude. See, what's all, I don't, I know Leanne's doing a meeting in the kitchen right now. I feel like I'm getting too loud here, but. So I'm passionate about this. I feel very strongly about it. But, uh, okay, for the most part, catchers don't hit for average very well. I know that, but there are a lot of fun okay, catchers. I, I, I'm, I'm way off. It's more like 250 for, like, ah, the average of those top guys. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know what I was looking at there. Sometimes, uh, you know, too much Coke, too much smoke. I don't know. Don't There's too much happen. Coke. Uh, it's weird when you pull up the fan graphs. If you click on the catcher position for batting stats. Yeah, what am I missing here? Is it because none of these other guys qualify? No. Yeah. They're qualification standards. I think that's what it is. Look at this. Because when you go to minimum plate appearances, qualified, or, and then you could change it to any number. So if you put 10, then that changes a lot. How, is, tra- how, how is Travis Denard not on this list? I know, like he's. That's what I he want has, to know. Qualified, he, he has he has over two hundred plate appearances. Yeah, but he's played in fifty-two games compared to Alejandro Kirk, who's played in sixty-seven games. But you're right; he only has thirty 
less plate appearances than Alejandro Kirk. So that is odd. That's a fair. I think that's a really fair point. But when it comes to batting average, that is the guy that we were missing. Alejandro fucking Kirk, dude. He's hitting 320. Yeah. 320, Deary. 320, 10 bombs, 39 yes. runs. He's got a 925 OPS. Yeah, that is legit. I mean, I I was all, I love Tyler Stevenson, but how could I forget my man, Alejandro Kirk? He is the new... He's the best offensive catcher now because the pedigree was there. We believed in the bat. Mm-hmm. I was worried about his his hips and the size. He's 5'8", 270 for a while. There. I don't know what he's at now. That always made me a little concerned, but my concerns are gone now because even if he's on a tear and he cools off in the second half, he's still going to finish with, I guarantee you right now, Alejandro Kirk finishes the season no worse, no worse than a 280 batting average. I'm locking that in. Oh, I mean, it would take a, a real bad slump over the next three months for him to be down at that. He's, he's what, 319 right now? And what I love the most, and this is probably not something that people thought about. I mean, a lot of people were excited about Kirk if he could, you know, solidify the catching position or, you know, get some DH run and that he was going to give you some value because of the high batting average he's going to give you. He's batting fourth for the Blue Jays right now. His last five games, he's batted fourth every single one of those games. That's incredible yeah. when you have – Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero ahead of you, and then Teoscar, uh, Guriel, and then Chapman after that. So it's like unbelievable. And this guy's in a prime spot for RBIs. Damn straight. I had kept Dalton Varsho in my home league. Shout out to the BYB. No, oh, wait, that's the wrong button. That doesn't sound good. Sorry, I got all flustered in my button right earlier. But the BYB is a 14 team, 5x5 five five OBP instead of average home league. And we had eight keepers. I kept Dalton Varsho, but I picked mm-hmm. up Alejandro Kirk in May. Just picked him up. I'll free agent wire. This is a 14 team league. It's a deep league. I couldn't. I am so grateful for that kind of luck right there. That's <laughs> so. I mean, Kirk should have been on other people's radars, at least as an offensive catcher, especially in OBP league. But I don't know. He was sitting there. And ever since then, he's become this guy. And in fact, he really should just be the catch of the day. I had a different name in mind, but. Let's just give it to Kirk. I mean, because the guy's been killing it, and we haven't mentioned him enough on the show, so he is the catcher. Good. Our first catch of the day. Good for you, Alejandro Kirk. Uh, honorable mention to A.J. Minter, dearie. A.J. Minter got a save this week because Kenley Jansen went on the I.L. Well, unfortunately, with more regular heartbeat issues. It's a bummer, but Minter got a save. Then Will Smith got a save, too. I still think that they may do a committee thing while Jansen is out, and the word is Jansen shouldn't be out that long. But Minter's been so damn good that he is deserving of being the closer. I really do think that. Jansen can't go at all. I I think Minter finally has the uh, mental part of this game figured out a bit more. I think he's more calm, and he's understanding what it takes to be that closer. Not every reliever knows what it takes initially. They got the stuff physically, but they don't always have the mental side of it figured out, and that's a huge part of it, having to deal with the pressure of closing out games. Yeah, I've always loved how that Braves bullpen is built, and this year, that's why, you know, if you weren't you know, super high on Kenley, then, you know, Smith was getting drafted. I mean, even a guy like Colin McHugh, who he may walk, you know, walk into a save here and there, but he can give you some wins because he can go two, three innings. Smith, Minter, just like the bullpen that they've had there. And this is why I think they're going to chase down the Mets is like they have that championship pedigree. And, 
you know, Minter's done it before. You know, Smith has done it before. So the Braves are in good hands. And, you know, hopefully Kenley comes back and hopefully, you know, the irregular heartbeat and the, the issues he's been having, he comes back. And that's just another guy you can throw into your pistol for the Braves. So um, yeah. I love what Minter's doing. Um, I think he's probably going to be the guy, you know, going forward a little bit. Sure. You know, probably some committee here and there. But, you know, a tough lefty like that, it's really hard. Yeah, you know, something Jansen's dealt with in his career before, this heart issue. So it's nothing new. Not that it doesn't mean it's any less serious, but I would assume he gets signed to big contracts for big money. These people don't just do that blindly. Except, of course, in the case of Freddie Freeman. uh, (laughs) What do you think about that story, dear? Do Do you find that to be just the most bizarre thing you've heard in a while? The fact that he didn't know there was an offer for him or that it was supposedly withheld by his agent who he ended up firing? Or is it just bullshit? Did Doug Gottlieb tweeted it and that we all believe it? Like, how, Why does Doug Gottlieb know that? You know, it, Doug Gottlieb is like the czar of baseball now. Like, <laughs> Doug Gottlieb is a shitty basketball analyst. Like, I've never been you a fan of Gottlieb. I, I, don't, I don't know if, like, this smoke actually turns into fire and I don't, I don't think it necessarily matters. I think both teams seem to be happy with what they got back. I mean, I know Olsen isn't having a great season, but he is leading the league in doubles and he has, you know, hit a double dong the other day, but yeah, weird story. It's always weird how these things come out. Maybe it's just because it's like 4th of July weekend and it's just, Hey, let's just dump the story out there, but very odd. Wow. Okay. Well, dearie coming. Correct. I got a five inch taste. Do you now? That's fascinating. I did not know that. Andy Bell's here. What's up, guys? Love the pod. Andy, good to have you here. Shout out to you. Pleasure to have you aboard, Andy. Join the Discord for free. Come and talk to us when we're not on the air. we got a lot of great people in there. Christian Crespo and the prospect dudes, Benjamin Chase and Phil Goyette. You guys have so many prospect questions. we got the MLB draft coming up this month, too, dearie. Did you know we got a, a top 20 pick, possibly, right in our backyard? Oh, Brock Porter from uh, St. Mary's? That's right, yeah. Dude, did you follow that team at all this year? I've heard some things from our teammate Andrew on our softball team. Shout out to you, Andrew. But uh, yeah, they, that's they it. Went, they went 44-0. They got upwards to 10 guys going to play Division One ball. They got like three guys that throw 90. They talk about them not only being the best high school baseball team in the state of Michigan ever, but like up there nationally. Like they they just plowed through the season, and it's it's amazing what they do over there in Orchard Lake. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've always been a perennial powerhouse over here, and they're a private school with plenty of cash. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's take a look at the Plausible Podcast Invitational. We do that on the show every week. Uh, bottom line is my team is god-awful, so nothing's changed there, but we need to give credit where it's due to the people who are dominating this league, which is not me. And I assume it's not <laughs> either. Is that, no, is that fair to say? Not me either. Why not? I, I don't know, man. It just hasn't worked out. I'm trying. Doing my best. Uh, what? My computer's not loading. The NFC NFBC website is not loading. I don't know why that's happening. Not for me either. My screen. What is going on? Uh oh. Oh, NFBC is down during our pod. Hey, that's okay. I'm gonna shout out NFBC. Those guys. Expedia totally screwed me and Leanne on that New York City trip we're supposed to go on, which we bought trip protection for. We bought it. People out there, don't let this happen to you. We got to stand up for ourselves. We got to come together as consumers. We bought trip protection. We spent the $48 for just in case something happened so we could get our refund back. And they told us, well, it only is good for the first 24 hours after you buy the flight. I'm like, what the? 
hell is the point of trip protection if you can't use it when the emergency comes up right before or the day of the flight? I mean, get the hell out of here, Expedia. Boo, 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 bogus job by Expedia. And I want to thank the NFPC for tweeting. They retweeted my tweet and said, hey, get this right. NFPC, that was very cool of you guys. You didn't have to do that. So thanks, Tom and Derek and all you guys over there. Much obliged. Oh, and it's no, working again. Screwed. It's because we were talking about him. It's working oh. again. Oh, I, hey. I remember. I, I know why my team sucks. I'm in eighth in my individual league. I know exactly why my team sucks. I have Jose Barrios. I have Ian Anderson. I have Herman Marquez on my fucking team. Oh, uh, boy. And I can't is drop them. <laughs> this is a draft and hold. I have the worst <laughs> pitching in the league and a top three offense. Yeah, I'm in 13th <laughs> out of 15th in my league. Remember, we have five leagues. Yep, total trash. There's no doubt about it. It's Garbo. Garbo, but I will say this, you know, uh, it hasn't been a flawless victory. It's we have failed. You have failed. Totally failed. Yes. 13th in my league, five leagues overall. Brock Miller is in second place, Jerry. This is the big breaking news. Overall, Brock Miller has lost his grip on the overall title. We have a new person in first place. Andrew Poplin is in first place. Congratulations, Andrew. You've overtaken Brock Mosco, who I have nothing but respect for. Brock, you're the man. You know that. We met in real life. He's a great, great resource for uh, getting healthy and training and exercise as well. But Andrew Poplin, Deary, has 605 overall points. Brock Miller has 560, and that's a nice lead for Andrew right now. Third place is Zach Nelson. What's up, Zach? Greg Jewett's in fourth. And Evan Reimbold. Rounds out the top five for the overall standings. So there you have it. Not very good news for either of us in the Plus and Podcast Invitational. But over in Glarf, which we always try to update you guys on as well, we are holding our own. We're hanging tough. And the overall, by the way, the Earth overall, which Glarf is a part of, Earth is the overall. Glarf is one of the 10 regional sub-leagues of Earth. You got it? I'm in 14th overall, and you are somehow behind me in 16th. How does that work? I have no idea. When I look at those standings like that, and <laughs> I have 104 points, and you have 99.5, and I'm in first in Glarf, and you're in third, but I'm 16th overall, and you're 14th overall? I feel like this has yeah, been explained it, before to us, but I, I don't it know. Has. Someone pop, it has. Someone pop into the chat. Yeah, just to remind us, because it has been explained to us before, uh, Dave McDonald, by the way, is splitting us. Oh, Dave, that he's a good player. He's got the same amount of points as I do in Glarf at 99 and a half. You've got 104. He's still got a nice lead in Glarf, Deary, so just keep doing what you're doing. I don't see why things would change for you, because when you look at your roster, you got Matt Olson, who's really started to turn it on. So that, he's only going to get better the rest of the season. I see that. Matt Olson is an excellent player, and he has his best yet to offer. Drafting Mike Trout was a wise choice, Deary, even though he hasn't stolen any bags, hasn't even attempted to steal. He's mm -hmm. still a really, really good hitter, right? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I was happy when I was able to get him. I, I believe I got him on the turn uh, there, and, you know, I got Devers, and obviously Aaron Judge is the reason I lead in home runs and RBIs, and, you know, you got a guy yeah. like Brandon Nimmo who's going to score 100 runs. I mean, Alec Thomas has been served you know, certainly helping the team out when he does play, he can give you some runs and, you know, a guy like Gleyber Torres, you know, he goes through these streaks. He's been injured over here the last week, but you know, he had a decent month and Justin yeah. Verlander is the whole reason my pitching has, has been able to keep me in this because fucking a Verlander is amazing. You know, myself and you and several other in, in, in the industry had him as a top 
you know, 10 to 15 pitcher this year. And he's been an absolute mm-hmm. stud. Don't dismiss like, Tony Gonsolin. Yeah, Tony, Tony Gonsolin. I mean, he's I mean, the NL and ERA. Scooped up Martin Perez, who it's it's falling apart a little bit now. But I mean, I'm even rolling with a guy like Michael Fulmer, who's going gonna to scoop up some wins for me here and there, you know, in the bullpen. He's been fantastic. Most likely the Tigers are trading him oh, away. And if I can get some more saves from du- Duval and, and Barlow, I could start climbing up in some of those categories that I'm near the bottom in, and that's stolen bases and saves. And you got Jorge Blanco on the bench who's been hurt prior, so that's another great bat you can rely on. Somehow you have Victor Robles on your bench too. That's funny. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, that was a scoop up a few weeks ago uh, <laughs> to try to possibly get stolen bases. I don't believe I have played him once. You need to drop Reed Detmers too, by the way. He's in the minor leagues. So I'm just letting you know. Okay, thank you. <laughs> don't give up on me, Dad. So yeah, there it is. That's what's going on at Glarf. That's what's going on in the Plaza Podcast Invitational. We'd like to keep you guys updated. All right, I want to get to the focus of the show. We keep always not getting there. So I'm going to skip ahead a few chapters. Uh, in terms of bye-bye-bye, and I didn't do that last week, either Return of the Mac, two things that I rather enjoy. Uh there's players on the mend, and there's players who have been hurt. You know, Jason Castro is going to IL today. That's why Corey Lee's called up, and we learned that during the show. Thanks to our killer crew here in the live chat. Shout out to all you guys. Uh, I just want to mention that Nick Lodolo's coming back. He'll be ready to go. And Chris Sales in double A. Chris Sales smoking it. He struck out seven guys for Portland in, I think, four innings. He's ready to rock. He's going to be really, really good. I think people who held on to him, are going to appreciate what he has to offer in the second half. The question is, will it be enough to salvage a season? That is the real question, my friends. Uh, Also, Chad says, the Marlins have called up Billy Hamilton. What is the record for most steals in a month by a team? Because Hamilton and Bertie could absolutely shatter that. See, the problem with that, though? Deary, what's the problem with that? Go ahead, because I know why you shook your head there. It's Billy Hamilton. He's not going to get on base, and he's not going to (laughs) play. Here it is. That's exactly what I was thinking. Billy Hamilton can't get on base. He can't steal a bag. It's it's one of the prerequisites for steals in Major League Baseball. So, sure, if he could get on base, that'd be great. But he never walked much. And that was always his thing. He's just this guy with a lot of speed, like a Malik Smith, who just does nothing else. Good fielder. That's cool. But, but he's not even like an elite fielder. He's a solid fielder. He wasn't <laughs> a gold glove winner or anything either, dearie. So people got excited last year when he got called up with the with the White Sox. And I'm looking at his numbers right here. And through 135 plate appearances last year, he struck out 34% of the time. And he walked 3%. <laughs> you can't, you can't roster a guy like that in the majors or in fantasy. Good God. Yeah, that is... Uh... Tigers. Tigers should go. Tigers should get him. Go Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers should get him. Okay, (laughs) whatever. Tigers suck. Billy Hamilton sucks. They do have something in common. Maybe it's a marriage that's meant to be. Tigers are playing. Two nights. Tigers have the uh, Royals in town, I believe, dearie. That's exciting. Sounds like runs. Nope. Sounds like, nope. I... Javi Baez has played better, though. Credit to Javi. Thank you for at least trying a little bit. Bubba says, book direct, never through a third party. Bubba, I think I'm with you now, man. These places I used to think were beneficial, but they break up the flights now. They'll book you a flight, and you'll use two different airlines for, they'll call them one ways, so they're not really connected for each flight. And that's how they screw you. I'm not letting that happen again. Bubba, I'm with you. Thank you for the support. Chad from Twitch says, Chris Sale just got confirmed. He has just one more start. 
before his activation on July 6th. Yeah! I've waited a long time for this in my main event. I never dropped sale. I drafted him in the main, and I've let him sit on my bench this whole time. I really hope it helps because I need Ks. I'm going to need a K push from him. It might be too late, though. I'm so far behind in Ks. Yeah. Just Bob's happy that uh, it was not Jordan Alvarez who went on the IL for the Astros. That's good news, but I still don't know. We had this nasty collision between Jordan and Jeremy Pena, dearie. Uh, We haven't got... IL confirmations from either, though they sat out Thursday, and they got a big series going down. So I'm thinking they might actually play. I haven't heard anything to say, oh, man, that's not going to be good for them to play this weekend. I haven't heard that. So I, I was watching a little bit of start that game them this last weekend? night. I, yeah, I would start them. I was watching the game last night, and they said that uh, both of them were out, uh, but they were available that night. So it could just be uh, give them a little bit rest and maybe they're playing this weekend. So check your lineups when they come out here in a couple hours. Actually, shit, it's 4 o'clock. Okay. It should be uh, out any minute. It is. Yeah. Uh, they've got the Angels in town. The Angels in Houston. That should be a series that they could easily take care of the Angels. But, hey, you never know. All right. So I covered that. I want to talk about this head-to-head conversation. So head-to-head to me is always, always, always so underappreciated and we've been pushing for it on this show a lot and i've been writing about it in the fantasy baseball confidential every monday on fantraxhq.com i think it's just the best i really do it could piss you off and i actually had a lot of support for it on twitter this week dearie in particular someone posted about how their new concept is to play head-to-head but have no playoffs dearie i want to know what you think of head-to-head with no playoffs that's interesting. Um, yeah, I saw some of the smatterings around on Twitter, and then it, it made me think of how I can maybe change things up for the playoffs. Um, I also heard somebody talk about like ending the season a little earlier and doing uh, for the playoffs, you know, doing your six teams or eight teams, whatever you want to do, and have each week be two weeks. I, I like mm-hmm. that. It kind of throws away the one random week that you might have. I, I, I love head to head. I've always loved it. I know, you know, a lot of the truthers love roto which i I enjoy roto but it just i love the being able to reset every week and then looking at your matchups who you're going against and being able to possibly sit certain guys once you have some categories wrapped up for the week i mean there's been sundays where i sat my whole offense because i have you know average is the only thing that's a possibility i could lose and i'll sit my whole offense if i have to you know you got to be smart when you do set these leagues up in terms of minimums innings pitched and also i love the idea of having a bunch of different types of categories i played a a saves holds league i play in a caper nine league uh an ops Hmm. league um you know and there's been many leagues i've played in in the past where we we tried a category for a year and then kind of threw it away but i think i've hit the sweet spot with a lot of my leagues and most of my leagues i play in that are head-to-head have similar categories so it really helps when i'm drafting absolutely i love it man just give me that head-to-head but i like this concept of no playoffs you play head-to-head you deal with the variance you deal with the uncertainty week to week it does happen random shit goes down and it's gonna piss you off but in the end the Sunday nights and the way this each week can end and can come down to a single whip, like 0.1 of a whip. It's happened before. Championships have been won in such ways. It's pretty wild. Chad on Twitch says, a competing podcast has been touting the half season and then redraft head-to-head format, which is intriguing. The half season. Oh, this is a... Is this Joe's? You don't have to hide it. I think you can share it with it. I think Joe Pisapia, I feel like. Is this Fantasy Pros? Let me know if I'm right about that because I think 
Joe PCP has been working on the hybrid. In fact, I joined a hybrid league this season that he started up as a public thing, but I believe that's who you're talking about. Let me know if I'm right about that, Chad. We're live here on the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. Christopher Deary. Give me two. Michael Govier, C. Deary, 1999 on Twitter. Deary is in Dearly Beloved. MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R. And let's get into the main course then. Head-to-head rules. I love it. I also want to mention the last thing about that. When you're trying to make the playoffs, if you have 10 cats, if you have a five-by-five, Six to four every week is a winning record. You can make the playoffs that way. And a lot of people don't like to punt categories in head-to-head, but you can certainly punt a category or two if you need to. You can build a top-heavy offense and try to stream pitching to make up the ground. Like in BYB, we have such short benches that a lot of streaming comes into play, Deary, and it really burns teams that try to lock in on the best pitchers, like the DeGroms. They try to load up a massive staff, but... When you're doing counting Ks as pitching, not K-9, and you stay with the same guys, if they only have one start that week, even if it's a 10K night, that's great. If you got to get streams a few different pitchers, you can end up taking those counting categories, wins, saves, and Ks, and then the ratios might be lost. But if you also have a smaller, more consistent pitching staff, you might get a blow-up start that could blow up your ratios. And if you're not streaming pitchers, then you're kind of screwed there. So I see it that way as a way to really be creative is to punt and also consider what are the league rules. Maximize it. If you got a short bench, stream your ass off. Go to town on that. But make that big trade right before the deadline to get pitchers because in our league, you can't really stream in the playoffs because you only get, I think, one move per week, maybe two. Usually, Otherwise, it's unlimited because you have 100 for the season. How many bench spots do you have in BYB? I think it's only four. Four? Six, maybe? <laughs> really? Wow. I don't think it's six. I'm sure. Yeah, it's really tight. I don't know. Uh, Chad says, I don't know where it originated, but DJ Short has been talking about it. Ah, okay. DJ from Roto World. Shout out to DJ. <laughs> You're the man. Oh, sorry. Not Roto World. NBC Sports Edge. Sorry. But yeah, I think the bench is four off the top of my head. Look at this. Yes. One, two, three, four. Yep. It's four. Wow. It's tight. Yeah. It's real tight. We, we also do this. We play... Uh, we have left center, left center and right field position, not outfield. <laughs> How do you like that? I, whenever I first started doing it six years ago, I thought it was stupid as hell, but it's become second nature to me now. Cause just like okay. you get the three spots and then a general outfield spot and a utility. So okay. I, I generally don't punt categories in head to head. I, I, I try to stay competitive in those, but I, I don't necessarily, if I won't chase categories as, as much, I, I will Ooh. depend, I will depend on, you know, just looking at this one team I have, uh, you know, I depend on the, like, just looking at the offense, I depend on the offense that I have that I'm going to hit a lot of home runs and steal a lot of bases. Cause I have Julio Rodriguez. I have Ronald Acuna. I have Matt Olson, who should be able to get you 35 to to 40 home runs. Trevor Story is going to give me 10 stolen bases and hopefully 25 home runs. So maybe I'm just not. Unfortunately, I also have OPS in this league and a guy like Trevor Story, sure, he has 12 home runs and went on that two week run and he's got 52 RBIs, but his OPS is killing me. His OPS is 720 right now. So, you know, I mean, Jesse Winker, a guy who OBP master, who's just now starting to come around, he's got a 704 OPS and I'm starting this guy every single day. Now, what has kept me in this league 
and competitive in seventh place is we have saves and holds. And, you know, a guy like Daniel Bard has 15 saves. Michael Fulmer has 13 holds. Colin McHugh, five holds. Anthony Bass has 11 holds. I also have Liam Hendricks and Aroldis Chapman just coming back here soon. So starting pitching is not as, you know, it's not as important in this league whatsoever. If you can build a team that gets a ton of holds, a ton of saves, and has a great K per nine, your whip is going to be low too. You might not get quality starts, but if you can hit 33 innings pitched a week, you have a really good shot of winning four of your five categories. Look who knows so much, huh? Damn right he does. Well said, dearie. I like that. I like what you're saying there. Don't get caught up in the weekly chase with the head-to-head of You'll see the other pitching categories as attainable, but you could also sacrifice the other ratios. Or if, you, if you're trying to get wins, say you're down two to four in wins, but you're leading your ratio categories, don't go chase that dragon. One of the hardest things to do, and it's always a lesson that I had to learn the hard way, is to be patient and not chase every category. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. You, cannot, you don't need to win every damn category. If you can win the week, Lock in that say, all right, I got a six to four victory or a seven to three victory. You should be thrilled with that. Don't get greedy because you could blow up your ratios and still lose wins, and then you end up losing the week. It's happened in the past, and it's something I've become really, really good at is being patient. Like, whoa, whoa, Nelly, slow down now. So that's something I really uh, another want to Another inter- interesting strategy that sometimes comes into play in head to head is. Picking up a guy with the intention of not even playing him whatsoever so your opponent doesn't pick them up. You're looking at a Sunday where this guy could possibly catch you in Ks if you are doing a K league or catch you in wins. And you have the ability to pick somebody up and just to prevent him from picking them up. Go ahead and do it. I've done it several times in these leagues over the years. Chad says a Pena. Jeremy Pena is returning to the lineup tonight, but there's no Jordan. Yeah, I benched Jordan Mm. in... One of our leagues, I, I think the tag team league, actually. I thought he should sit this weekend. He might not play. But Pena's in the lineup, so that's good news. Get Jeremy Pena in your lineup, everybody. Bubba says, totally, Deary. Cock blocking is a strategy. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Also, Bubba says, do you have a preference? Wins or quality starts? Both have their advantages and disadvantages. I don't really have a preference either way. Whatever it is is what it'll be. I guess I would... I don't. I don't think I do. I've gone back and forth with it over the years. I play in a wins league, and I also play in a quality starts league. The quality starts league, really the only reason we have quality starts is to make starting pitching somewhat valuable in this league, and it generally has to be guys that strike strike out a lot of guys yeah. because we also have the K per nine. Uh, you know, if, if wins was in there, I mean, you, you don't necessarily have to have both. I think it's, you know – detriment to have both because i think they just play against each other too much uh but with wins it, it's what i've noticed over the last three or four years in several of my leagues is i've gone out and picked up guys that were middle relief guys think of brent Suter last year he had over 10 wins and he was valuable in one of my head-to-head leagues that had wins because he was getting so many of them out of the bullpen and sometimes he'd do a spot start here and there but it's another caveat to playing head to head when you have certain categories and there's a different strategy to it. Yeah, absolutely. Different play, different players become valuable in head to head. It's so important to know your league. It's, it seems really trite, but it's so true. Know your league setup, get a clue, lock into it and maximize your opportunities. We got you, Bubba. That's right. Chad says I once won a thousand dollar NFL league doing that by adding four quarterbacks for someone who lost their quarterback headed in the title game. Of course, 
Uh, Chris Towers talked about this yesterday. Take away the pick up guys or trade for guys too, because we're talking buy low. If you trade for guys that are going to bring the best part of their season is yet to come, you're also taking away an advantage from someone you're playing. There's a lot of ways to usurp your competitors or suck out some positive return and output for your competitors by gaining for you. So it's a double whammy victory that you get a player that'll produce and you take it away from another squad. That's smart. That's always, that's strategy. That's, uh, you know, logics and gaming and all that stuff, getting into the, all that world, which is a lot of fun, uh, but we're not going to talk about that anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, why in, it's why in fantasy football, so many people, there's uh, the strategy of people just draft every fucking running back that's out there because if, once this guy becomes a starter, maybe you're not playing him, but no one else in the league can scoop him up. Yep. That's right. Wow, dude. Yeah, wow, dude. Just Bob says, question, if it's called cock blocking for males, is it called beaver <laughs> dam for females? Uh, oh, my God. A nice beaver. Um, You know, Just, I, I don't have the answer to that. I've never heard that. I will say that. Chad says, uh, Griffin Jacks this year has been that. Oh, yeah, Griffin Jacks of the Twins, dearie, has been somebody who could pr- pick up those wins, and he's been pitching in multi-innings, and I think maybe a spot start, just kind of like you were describing with Suter this year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I like him. He's my man. Uh, I wish I could answer everything on the show, but we don't always have all the answers, Just Bob. So if you have the answers to Just Bob's queries and we don't judge anyone, we're open-minded on the show. So give us the answers if you have them. Nice beaver. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I just had I just it stuffed. Had stuff. <laughs> that is from our namesake, the Plaza Podcast, the Naked Gun, two L's, two Z's, Plaza Podcast on Twitter, Utah. Plaza Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to the show. Please connect with us. We're growing. We're with you. We're going to entertain you, and we're going to help you win Skrilla. All right, let's talk about the main event here. Let's talk about three months to go. It's July 1st, 2022. We're going to be dead soon, but before we die, who's going to have a hot July? <laughs> Deary, I I have a pretty good feel for who I think is going to do well this July. I think I mm. see it clearly. I feel pretty mm. good about that, but of course... You know, I've spent the first three months of the season here, April, May, and June. I'm killing it in my home league, but you know, a lot of the other leagues, it's been a tough go. It's not looking as promising as last year when I was very, very successful placing in a lot of my leagues. Uh, not every year is going to be a winner, I guess. And it's not over yet, though. That's my point here. That is what I want to impart to all of you. Do not give up. Never give up. Don't ever give up. So, Deary, can you give me a player that you're excited about for July? Where are we going with this? Yeah, you know, this was interesting. These list of players I have on here, some of them are, hey, you know, that seems kind of obvious. And some of them are just absolute long shots. But I, I want to throw some of these guys out here as guys who could possibly break out. Mike talked about his confidence on his list of guys. I don't know if I'm super confident on all these guys, but just looking into what I've seen over the last month, and especially the last couple weeks, there's some guys that I might want to talk about. So the first one I'm going to bring up is actually from our hometown Tigers. Now, I'm worried that this guy is uh-huh. just a part-time player and possibly isn't going to be able to get the at-bats. But what happens oh, if, which the Tigers should do this, send Spencer Torkelson down. Eric Haas is someone who can play in the field. He can play first base. He can play the outfield. And he can also. The fuck him. is he talking about? You got to remember, this guy had 22 home runs last year and 381 plate appearances. He's got three home runs in his last eight games. 
Last year, he had nine home runs in July with 29 RBIs. His exit velocity has looked really nice the last couple of weeks. Like I said, I'm nervous about being him being a part-time player, but this guy does have some power from the catcher position. I'm just worried he's not going to get the amount of playing time to actually warrant him having a hot July, but he did it last year. And if he can start getting more at-bats, he's a guy who can give you 10 home runs this month. And I think Eric Haas might start getting a heating up here a little bit as we move into July. So he's one that I could see, you know, you scooping up very, very cheap. He's probably available in many leagues. Uh, I have him as like a third, fourth catcher, uh, you know, option in several of my NFBC leagues. And I'm going to play him here over the next couple of weeks and see what happens. So Eric Haas. That shit has nothing to do with me. That's Spencer Torkelson saying, come on, man. It's not me, man. Wow, Eric Haas is a guy that I'm rostering right now in my main event as a catcher. I picked him up a couple weeks ago, and he's he's been heating up. I like what you're saying. I like these things. I'm into it. Andy Bell says, Juan Soto, 1,000-plus OPS in July. I hope to God. I guarantee it. I didn't put Juan Soto in my June Swoon article because it just seemed like it's too obvious. I'm not going to put the top five players in baseball in there. But, yeah, Juan Soto's going to He's gonna have a great July. It's coming. Just lock it in. Lock it in he's now. Got- I have some notes on him. Uh, he has a 225 BABIP this year. His career is closer to 330. His K rate is right on par. His walk rate is right on par. He's hit safely in six straight. Launch angle is a little concerning because it's not as great as it was, you know, over the last couple of years. Look what he did last July. If he can put up last July's numbers this upcoming July, which I absolutely think he can. He's a top five player and amazing talent. Last year, he batted 356 with nine home runs last year. And it had more walks than K's. He's the obvious guy who should have a monster July. Bingo. I like your head there, dearie. Thanks for giving us this insight on Juan Soto, who is a great player. So what are we even talking? What are we talking about here? I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. He's a killer with a baseball bat. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so for me, I want to bring this up too, dearie. This is curious to me. This guy I respect a great deal. And I didn't get a follow-up on what he was saying here, but Rob Silver, shout-out to Rob. One of the greats. He's won the overall main event before in 2016, I believe. So uh, he plays in some of the biggest money leagues in the NFBC. Like, he's in the... I saw him drafting in the Platinum or the Super Platinum. It was like a $10,000 buy-in. So, I mean, this guy is a big time. Yeah, I saw him there at the table. I think that's what it was. Uh, Rob could probably clarify for me. Yeah, it's intense. It's very intense. But this was his tweet. And this was yesterday. Possibly the single biggest mistake I see people make in fantasy baseball is looking at recent performance. Last week, two weeks, month. And assume it's predictive of what's about to happen. It could be interesting to look at. Lots of things are interesting. But it's not helping you. Deary, what's your response to that? (laughs) I I, I certainly understand it. Rob... uh... Is probably smarter than I when it comes to analyzing fantasy baseball. But I wouldn't say that. You've been playing as long I mean, as he has. We know how streaks go. Sometimes streaks are a couple days. It's a weekend series. It could be two weeks. Sometimes they last a month or more. And I really like to see what's been going on the last couple of weeks, especially with hitters as they start to heat up. Because 
in my mind, that generally will transfer over, especially if they are a guy who is a really good player who has done this before. And you look at some of their underlying numbers for when maybe they were cold and maybe there's a little unluckiness. Maybe it was the start of the season and they had uh, you know an injury, didn't have much of a spring, spring training, if any at all. Obviously, the ball changed. So the last couple of weeks to a month is kind of how I do predict what's going on in the future. But certainly there's hundreds of ways you can analyze anything when it comes to a player. What I will always encourage everybody to do is just look deeper into all of the stats and what it all looks like. Yeah, there was a lot of commentaries within this thread. Uh, I encourage you guys to check it out. Go follow Rob Silver, and you could find that on Twitter at Rob Silver. This thread had a lot of comments about how rolling averages are really a better way to go when it comes to looking at predicting future performance. Uh, but it's not about predicting. It's, it's not just about predicting future performance when you look at recent trends of a player two weeks month five days i want to know where a player is and just because the production happens doesn't mean it will continue but i'm going to look at certain parameters of the statistics to tell me okay where's that person in the lineup uh is this person playing every day too all of these things matter. There's so much context and nuance here that I think goes into this. That's why I really would love to talk to Rob about this. I should have responded to this tweet. And I didn't have a chance to do it. I wanted to engage in a discussion about it because I saw somebody, uh, Torres, uh, Torres takes on Twitter. Please follow Torres. To Torres. He's the man. Torres takes on Twitter. He said, looking at recent trends has helped him quite a bit. I think if you ignore it, you're missing a piece of the puzzle. And Rob's response was, if it helps you, then do it. Just one guy's opinion. I'm wrong way more than I'm right. So Rob is freely admitting. That's what I like about Rob. He's not saying everything he says is all-encompassing and correct all the time. It's just his opinion. But I don't think he extrapolated it enough for us to get more information out of what he was trying to make a point of. So that's that was my two cents on this. And since we're doing this, we're looking at July for players that could heat up and get hot here. It definitely had... It had a place in the conversation. I guess that's what I wanted to say about it. I, I really think what Rob is actually probably saying is there's just there's hundreds of different methods you can use to analyze a player and what's going to be predictive into the future and what works for him. Yeah, I guess that's what he's saying. I I don't know. I, I want to talk to him. Maybe I'll come on the show. We'll get to talk to him about that. I would like to hear more about this, but that's okay. We're going to move on from that. You have no right taking people's confidence in your service. Oh, come on. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true. So uh, one of my guys for July I want you to look at is Tarek Skubal. Now, Tarek Skubal is just having some bad luck. In June, he had a very high ERA. It was not very good. He had a 585 ERA for the month of June, but he had a 384 FIP. So that's almost, that's almost two, that's two runs lower, and that's just in June. And he was a really good pitcher before that. He is a good pitcher. He's got the pitch mix. He's got the velocity still. He's, that's not down. It's just some tough matchups on the road against San Francisco. That's a tough one recently. And it was just a, a challenging month for him. He's still growing. But I absolutely believe, even though the Tigers are total trash, Go Tigers. that Tarek Skubal is the best pitcher on the staff. And he's going to prove it this month. And he's going to start by taking down the Royals this weekend and kicking their butt in July to set the tone for a first-class July. Tarek Skubal, baby. Love it. I want him everywhere. Go, go get him. If you can, I would want him on my team for sure. Yeah, he's he's had a little bit of bad luck. Uh, 
really the only time I do tune in and watch the Tigers is when Tarek Skubal pitches. Because like you said, he's the best pitcher in their organization. And we saw it at the start of the season. Yes, he had an extremely tough June. You talked about, you know, the Giants, the Red Sox. He had a tough outing against the Blue Jays and the Rangers. These are tough teams he was going against. And really, the, the thing that was hurting him was he was giving up the long ball. He was walking too many guys, getting himself in really difficult positions to try to get out of jams. And his left on base percentage was absolute shit through the month. You know, it was it was anywhere from 50 to 60 percent over, you know, most of these games. When at the start of the season, he was lights out of getting out of jams. And some of these games that I did watch, he was getting squeezed, too, by these umpires. There was a lot of inconsistencies with, with some of these zones that that upset me. Guy has a really nice fastball and an electric slider and he's going through something right now, but he is the type of guy that through July can have a lights out July. Uh, He may not give you wins because he plays for our fucking shitty tigers, but those underlying numbers should be able to pick back up to where they were before. Blue horseshoe loves Anaconda. Blue horseshoe loves Tarek Skubal. I know that that's for damn sure. Was it this, uh, glass dick you've been sucking on, huh? What? Tarek Skubal does not smoke crack. How dare you, Wesley Snipes? Chad mm-hmm. says Jesse Winker could be one this month, but I think the suspension cools him off. That might be an unfortunate outcome of the suspension because he was turning it on, and he's a guy that I was pushing recently saying, go get him. He looks mm-hmm. like he's finally getting to go in this season. Uh, Bubba, in response to the Rob Silver discussion, what about opportunity? Role, stadium, effect, context, other points in addition to data. Yeah, that's what... I think that's what we're saying, too, talking about lineup spots and all that stuff. All that stuff matters. There's so many variables that are going on in baseball every day. Also, Bubba says the style of play in your league mates will determine how you should play. Are they passive or aggressive? Uh, knowing your league mates and what they're doing. That is something I think you learn a lot more in Keeper and Dynasty Leagues, people you've known for years. I think it's hard to lock down the trends of players for one-off seasons. I find it a little more difficult anyways. Yeah, it's like sitting down at a poker table with, you know, 12 guys you don't know. It's going to take you a long time to figure out how they play. And that's, you know, <laughs> if you're in a redraft league where you don't really know these guys, it's going to be difficult to figure out, you know, if they are aggressive or if they're passive when, you know, making moves in their league or, you know, whether they might sit guys. And this is generally head-to-head talk when it comes to this. Truly. Andy Bell says Scooble gave up a few big homers. That's it. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, back to you, Deary. Who's sizzling in July? It's- yeah, so, I mean, going back to what we had talked about with guys who have been really, really good, uh, Taiwan Walker has been really, really good lately. Uh, he's, had a, he's got a ground ball rate of nearly 50% right now. Mm. He's had 9 and 10 Ks in his last two games against the Angels and the Marlins. He went 7 and the third scoreless against the Astros the other night. Throw out what he did last year. He had a bad July last year. It was epically bad, but I'm looking into the future with what he's doing right now. He's no longer a fastball guy. His fastball's sitting at about 93 right now. But what I really like is he has this split finger that he started toying around with a couple of years ago. He's now throwing this split finger 30% of the time. And his wins above, you place, place. above placement just with that pitch is elite. It's been really, really good. He's got matchups against the Reds, Marlins, and Cubs, not the best offenses in the National League. So he's got three pretty solid matchups coming up here for uh, for the Mets coming up in July. And I think Taiwan Walker is a guy who could have a really nice month for you. Oh boy. I don't, I think there's some people out there have been burned before by Taiwan Walker. You fucked me. We had a partnership. A lot of partnerships that went sour with Taiwan Walker, but you are right. He is looking 
pretty juicy. So I'm agreeing with what you're saying so far. I like the names you're throwing out. I'm coming yeah, back I, at you. I, this, is, this is why I kind of pick some guys that aren't, aren't the obvious guys or guys that maybe you don't have a ton of confidence in and that has burned you in the past. Uh, but just looking into some of these underlying numbers, I think things are trending upwards for these guys to have solid months. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll own it. <laughs> yeah, confidence is important. His confidence is shattered. Vote of no confidence can be uh, very painful. I'm going to give you Ian Anderson. I alluded to this earlier. His name came up for a moment. Yeah, 26 to two-thirds innings pitched in June. He gave up a lot of contact. Also, he had a 506 ERA. Did have a 399 FIP, though, again. Uh, and the Ks are something i kind of resigning to myself to not expecting from him. If he can rock a 9K per 9 in a season, that'll be, that'll be good. I'll take it from Ian Anderson. But he's on a good team. He had a bogus month. It's been a bogus start to the season, but I'm seeing some things that I like that are going in the right direction. Plus, the Braves are in a battle, and they, they've got... They need to rely on their guys here. Now, maybe some of you might think, is it possible that Ian Anderson could be moved in a deal? Because the Braves do have a lot of pitchers that are sitting around in the minors, too. Uh, Oscar Enoa and uh, Kirk Muller and Tucker Davidson. A lot of guys are like, ah, are they there? Are they there? Are they ready? Are they not ready? It's tough to say. It really is. Yeah, I know it is. But you also look at guys on the men, like Mike Soroka coming back soon. But how much can you expect from Mike Soroka? So I think Ian Anderson's role is secured here. You look at their staff right now. You got Freed and Strider and Charlie Morton and Kyle Wright. And Anderson seems to be right now the fifth guy, Deary, yeah. which is odd now. Yeah, especially he's, after uh, he's he was so to be good two last or three. Year. Yeah. He, but he's only 24. So I don't, he was a, th- he's just like Kyle Wright. He was a very high, he was a top five pick. Okay. Third overall pick in 2016. And last year, he started to put it together. I really liked what I got out of him last year, although I said the Ks were low. He had a 7.7K per nine last year. Or, sorry, 8.7. That's his Mm -hmm. K per nine this year, 7.7. Last year, he was just under nine, which is good. And he rocked that 3.58 ERA. But he did have a FIP over four. So maybe he's not the guy I think he is. But going back to strand rate, he's have... Struggled again, under 70% strand rate, a 68% this season. That shows me there could be some improvement, and he's been trending in the right direction recently. The walks are very high. Four walks per nine this year is nightmarish. Not something to be excited about. I admit that freely. Deary, I'm no. Oh, no, fool. I get it, but I think Ian Anderson's going to turn it on July, and the walks have got to come down a bit. I think he's going to get that under control. If he doesn't, then it's going to blow up in my face. This is my thought on Ian Anderson. So, Yeah, he, he's a guy the last two years that I targeted in a lot of draft just because of where he was he was going to be, you know, slotted at and where I could scoop him up at. And, you know, in 2020, when he came up, he had that amazing 32 innings that helped propel the Braves to the NLCS that year. And, Last year it was an okay year. He he, he picked it up near the end. You know, ended up with a three five eight ERA. But you know those K numbers aren't what we saw in the minors. In the minors, it was double digit Ks, upwards to you know eleven, almost twelve. Uh, you know, two thousand nineteen, it was almost twelve in one hundred and eleven innings pitched. And this year, it's a career low. It's down to seven point seven eight. And you combo that with the walk issue that he's having uh, having and also giving up the most home runs that he's given up in his career. It's, it, it's been a mess. 
Gave up seven runs the other night. I've given up on him. I've dropped him in two of my head-to-head <gasps> leagues because I just oh. I didn't have a use for him. I hadn't started him in probably three, four weeks, and I have enough other pitching that I, I I didn't like any of the matchups. And it's a tough division to play in when you got to play the Mets, and you know the Phillies have been known to score double digits here and there. So can it get any worse? Probably not. He's sitting at a five-three-one ERA. Uh, you know I. The guy has the pedigree. He's got good stuff. The thing that's been killing him is he's got this really awesome changeup, but it hasn't been effective whatsoever this year, and his fastball is getting crushed. So it's yeah. been tough. I, I like Ian Anderson because I'm a big Braves fan, uh, and I'd like to see him turn it around, and, and I hope he does. Yeah, I hope he does too. And the Braves schedule this month is somewhat intriguing. They have two series against the Nats this month. That's promising. I don't fear the Nats, even though they have some players that like on them. They're in Cincinnati this weekend, which is always terrifying for offenses that are going to crush the ball in that bozo ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio. So, yeah, I like the schedule enough. I think it'll be a little bit more favorable to him, and hopefully it helps. Dear, who else you got? Who's going to sizzle in Gillette's? So I, I'm going to... I'm going to do two really quick. Uh, one that I really wanted to do was going to be Luis Castillo of the Reds, but I looked at his schedule coming up in July and it's trash. He plays the Yankees, Braves, Cardinals, and Pirates, and that is not that great. So I'm going to go off of Castillo, but I'm going to go with Christian Yelich. He's hitting nine straight games, five multiple hit games, and he's got two stolen bases over that time. Uh, he's been smoking the ball lately. Uh, concerning launch angle, which, which is upsetting, I'd like to get it upwards towards 10. It's at six right now. But he's had much more success this year against the fastball, which was his big struggle the last year and a half is he just couldn't hit the fastball. He's been able to hit the fastball this year. The Brewers are are locked out there in the central in a huge fight with the, the Cardinals that they're going to have to fend off. And, you know, I, I think the Brewers end up winning this division. And I think a lot of it is going to be because Christian Yelich in that leadoff position with the Brewers is going to have a hot July. Mm-hmm. All righty. Was that two players? Yeah, Castillo, stay off of Castillo. He's, he's trending upwards right now, but I just don't like the matchups in July. Oh, I got a brewer too. It's Luis Urias. He is a great player. He's better than Trent Grisham. They got the better end of that deal with the Padres. That's for darn sure. And uh, he struggled in July a bit with batting average, Urias did, but he could steal bags. He can hit home runs. He can do almost everything in the stack categories except maybe hit for a, a really good batting average. So other than that, I love this guy. I always have, and I don't talk about him enough, and I feel like I've been not pushing for Luis Arias. So Luis Arias of the Brewers, he's got multi-positional eligibility too, third, second, and short, depending on what format you play in. I love this dude. He can do it all. He's going to have a fun July. The Brew Crew are starting to turn it around after a, a bogus stretch in June. Luis Arias is a man that you want on your squad, especially in Dynasty. I love him in Dynasty. He's on my... Keeper team in BYB, and he might get kept this year, depending on how he plays. But I'm going to see this July be a really good run for him. I want him to show me what he's made of. Give it to me, doctor. Give it to me good. I'm all in. I'm all in on it all day, especially in OBP leagues. He's even better because he walks and he can get on base. He's That's a specialty more than batting average. Luis Arias is the man. Chad says, by the way, on Twitch, Chad on Twitch. Chad, you're the man. You've been here the whole show. Nice job. Christopher Morrell might be heating up. Might be heating back up if he ever cooled off, frankly. Went five for five last night with a home run. That's a great night. And he just hit a two-run bomb to tie the game in real time. Right. I wish I knew I wish I knew what this kid was going to end up being. Um, 
I like him a lot. They, he jumped from double A, remember, and he hasn't gone back down. So you got to expect some stretches where it might not go well for him, but he can hit for power and he's showing speed and he's been hitting at the top of the lineup. I love mm-hmm. this dude. I would love to get that guy in my squad. No question. Yeah, if, if you can get a guy that has possibility of hitting 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, strikes out 30% of the time, but somehow bats 280. Jesus, I'll take that all day. I mean, a lot of it is attributed to a 381 BABIP. Yeah. If he can bring these K rates down, being at the top of the lineup with the Cubs, he he's going to give you some value, absolutely. And you know, this is a yes. guy that everybody scooped up for free. So it's like if he falls apart, you can put him on the bench. You have options to put guys on your bench if you don't want to play him, but you can hold on to him, especially if it's a guy like Morell who came up and started hot and then went five for five last night. Yeah, he's only 23. He's a man. He just turned 23 on June 24th, okay? This guy is a he's a find for the Cubs. They keep bringing up these guys who produce. A Patrick Wisdom, last year people thought he was a fluke. He's killing the ball. He's been crushing the shit out of the ball this year. And I love Wisdom, by the way. You want to ride Wisdom the rest of the season. That's just a side note. All right, Gary, back to you. So I don't know if this guy's really going to have a great month, but I, I kind of just want to throw him out there. Just to see. I, I, I didn't have a ton of time to do a ton of research on guys, but this is a guy that just talking about a guy who's been trending amazingly over the last few months. This guy was a big-time prospect, had really high K-rate numbers in the minors, hasn't really struck out a ton of guys since he's been up this year. Really I am up- a false prophet. <laughs> He's only given up one run over the last 23 and two-thirds inning. This is Dean Kramer of the Orioles. This guy's yeah. having an electric season right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's hit his stride yet. He has an amazing left-on-base percentage, but a 1.29 ERA in 28 innings is fantastic. He does not give up the home run. He sits at 50% fly ball rate, but a lot of these are weak fly balls. He does sport five different pitches, and his fastball sits at 93. He's got a nice cutter, curve, and changeup. I'd like to see more swings and misses. His swinging strike rate is at 9%. But I don't think he's quite hit his stride yet, and as we're getting into the hotter months here in July, there are guys on the Orioles that have been serviceable fantasy guys, and I think this is a guy just to keep on your radar just to see how it trends. He does have some good matchups as well coming up he has texas he has the pirates angels are, are here and there the rays rays are here and there but i'd really like to see what he does in his next start against texas coming up yeah you know moving the fences has changed things and the orioles have been playing their asses off guys i haven't checked the standings since about a week ago but they were only five games under 500 at a certain point in this week 35 and 40 deary in the toughest division in baseball al east is the toughest division the red sox the rays the jays and the yankees that's killer and look at this team hang, man. It's amazing. I love it. I'm, I, <laughs> the Orioles have been such a bummer for so long that to see them compete and bring up the fun talent they've got with Adley Rushman yeah. and then all these no-name bozo pitchers. I mean, D.L. Hall is still sitting down there. We're all waiting for him to come up. And Grayson Rodriguez, of course, the unfortunate injury, he's gone. So I don't know, man. I, I like what you're saying there. Yeah, the 35 and 42 as of today. Would you, rather, would you rather have the Orioles squad or the Tigers squad moving forward? Let's see. Uh, Ryan like Mountcastle, Jorge Mateo, Ramon Urias, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Santander, Trey Mancini, Adley Rushman, of course. And then uh, their, their bullpen's been really good years, too. I mean, we talk about these yeah. starters, but the bullpen's been one of the biggest assets for them. 
and the starters are who they are. Um, I think it's coming into the season, Jerry, pitching wise, you would have said go Tigers all day over the Orioles, but now it's switched so much with all the injuries that they've had and the hitting. The hitting the Orioles have taken the lead on the Tigers with their quality mix of a few veterans, some guys coming into that middle career status and still growing and just starting. I like the Orioles more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle has been really nice over the last couple of weeks. I actually did just trade him the other day, but uh, he's had a really nice couple of weeks and he's boosted his average up to 275. He's got 39 RBIs, 13 home runs. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's starting to trend upward, which is really good because a lot of people were off him. I like Ryan Mountcastle. I don't think he's an elite outfielder, but I, I think he's a serviceable player. I did just trade him for Bregman straight up, and it was a straight OPS play for me because the, the one issue with Mountcastle is he doesn't walk a ton and get on base a lot. He's got an OBP of 313, and I talked about it last week, Bregman, you know, starting to catch fire, which he has been. Nobody's expecting much out of you. So you got Bregman for Mountcastle is what you're telling me. Yes, it, straight up. OPS that's League a great is, trade, dude. as well. So it was offered to me. I immediately said yes. Yeah, that's a great move. Good job. I like that. See? Now you either get smoked or you smoke them. And you smoked him, dude. You either smoke or you get smoked. And you got smoked. <laughs> that's right. That's a great trade. You are not a false prophet. I am a false prophet. Okay, shut up. Uh, Chad says, oh, wait, this is a two-parter. Sorry. I'm so mad I was in first on Kramer in my league because of the industry hype with his initial call-up, and then he flamed out, and he ended up snatched by someone else before the latest call-up, and I'm just kicking myself because the stuff has real potential. Sounds like he agrees with you, dearie. In conclusion, Chad says, and Govier, the Gallo comp for Morel, he was comping Gallo for Morel in the live chat here, was that Gallo is the only player I can think of that had a profile of that he could strike out <laughs> 300 times and it doesn't matter. See, but that that's not, that's never been the case with Gallo for me. He can strike out 300 times and it absolutely matters. It's a problem. So I've never liked Gallo. I know he's won a gold glove as a defender. That's great news. But in fantasy, Gallo sucks. He always yeah. did. I never bought into it. No disrespect to you, Chad. I just, I see what you're saying with Morel and Gallo. That's a fun comp in the sense of that specific arena of the K's not mattering, but we got, we're going to come up with a better comp for Morel. We'll think on this. I think we could do yeah, better. The, the Gallo thing has always been, okay, if you're in an OBP league, he's going to have much more value than anywhere else. But Jesus Christ, this guy's striking out nearly 40% of the time. So it's like, He's got nine home runs. Like he hit 38 last year, still struck out 34% of the time. He's a true, you know, three outcome guy, strike out home, you know, strike out home run, home run walk, but he only has a 13% walk rate. He had 18% last year and he batted one fucking 99. He's batting 165 right near right now. I can't go anywhere near Gallo every single year. would be like, Gallo, 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 you, you can hit 40 home runs. You can maybe steal a couple bags, have a high walk rate. And it's just like, the peaks and valleys with him, there's just so many more valleys that I just don't want to screw around with with Joey Gallo. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you all the way on that. All right, a couple more. We'll get the hell out of here because we've been on the show forever. Finally, for me, I'm going to give you two names. So first is Dalton Varsho. He had a 32, a 32 WRC plus for the month of June. That is bad. Remember, 100 is average. 100. <laughs> yeah. 100 is average. That's so bad. So there's no way Dalton Varsho is this bad. No. And 
and I know this is totally, completely not allowed. This isn't how things work, but he did have a really good July last year. He broke out with the power surge for the first time last July. So I'm combining these two things. He sucked in June. He had a pretty good July last year. Dalton Varsha is talented. He plays every day. He leads off. I mean, the guy, that's the other thing, too. The plate appearances are there for you. So it's yeah. got to get better from here. He did hit a home run Sunday, had, drove in several runs. That was promising. It's coming. It's coming. Stick with it. Dalton Varsha's the man. And then the other guy is Joey Votto. I know that he is old and people are like, oh, Joey Votto. Wow, dude. Yeah, wow, dude. Joey Votto. It could be, it could be frustrating to roster him at times, but he's still been mashing the ball and it hasn't changed. And July is going to be a good month for him. Again, this is a guy, remember what he did last year? He took some leagues by storm. In fact, he won some people, some leagues last year with, after he came back off the IL in June with that injury, he exploded. He had a huge, huge run of power that people just didn't buy. And I remember I, I had a shit team in my home league last year. It was awful. Cause I trout and Acuna, they got injured and it killed my season. And I had Votto, though, and nobody would trade for him at the deadline. I'm like, you guys are missing out. This guy's going to help you win a league. And I think some people made a mistake doing that. So give me Joey Votto. He still mashes. And, you know, he had a 121 WRC plus last month, which is solid. But it's just going to get better this month. It's, there's going to be more power because that hard hit rate is going to start to come through. And you're going to see more production in July than you did in June. Joey Votto, old man time, doing his thing. Yeah, I, I, I like I like those. I like Varsho maybe a little bit more. I I really like to see more stolen bases. Joey uh, Varsho has not stolen a base in a really long time. He's only sitting at four. He's a guy that I scooped up uh, in several of my drafts to to end up throwing in the outfield because I got a couple other pitchers um, or uh, catchers on my team. So you know I had the option of outfield, you know, catcher, and you know I've been playing him in the outfield and he just hasn't been able to get stolen bases but I th- I think that the heat up is yeah, coming soon well, he's a real he's a really good player like you said he's been leading off hit a home run the other night he's still on pace to hit 25 home runs yeah that that's true the steals I'm a little concerned about I am concerned about that I'll I'll say that on the record but the other production I'm not real quickly Chad says that's why I prefer Gallo in Texas versus New York once he broke his helmet bone he's never been the same that's an interesting take for sure, Deadline 63. What's up, Deadline 63? Welcome to the show. I think you're a newcomer. Like Mark Reynolds for a few years. Complete all or nothing with nothing being a K. Yeah, Mark Reynolds was the master of that. Just He'd hit 34 home runs and it would just be total trash otherwise. And yeah, that's what you who's get, other, especially when he was the, at Coors. Coors. Who's the other guy we're thinking of that, that was the legend of doing this? Left-handed bat, white socks. Oh, Adam Dunn? Adam Dunn. Oh, yeah. He was. He was the original. <laughs> Although the true original was Dave Kingman back in like the 70s and 80s. He was the original. So, yeah. All right, Deary, what do you got left? Finish it off here for us. That's all I got. Okay, great. Cool. Yeah. I have a ton more names, but that's right. I'm going to I'm gonna be a stinker here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull one Ooh. on you. It's on, it's on the Patreon. Sorry. You can't see it. I gave you enough. I gave you a f- There's like 15 more names in that article. I... I I'm an idiot. I stayed up to like 5 a.m. and I was already super tired. It's so stupid. And I wrote like 25 <laughs> names in this June spoon equals hot soon article, which you can get on the Patreon. Starts for as little as three bucks. If you want to get involved in that, that's where it begins. You can find that on the Twitter feed. It's all pinned at the top of our Palazzo Podcast Twitter feed. Two L's, Utah. two Z's. Boop, Give me two. two. That's how it works. And that's the show. We've done a hell of a job. We've given you something to munch on here as you head into the weekend. It's a holiday weekend. America, freedom. 
think of Mel Gibson. Yeah, right there. Think of Deary's intense face there. Screenshot that, someone. If you can, go back and screenshot that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's C. Deary 1999 on Twitter. Deary is in dearly beloved. I'm MJ Govia. GOV is in Victor IER. Discord's free. A lot of action in the Discord. When we're not on the air, it's basically like being in the show. It really is. And we got some new channels. We got the Russell Crowe channel. It's been around for a while. We also got the new Heat channel. Talk about the movie Heat in a channel. And you can also talk about the Miami Heat if you want. That has happened already as well. And uh, we want to thank you guys for all the, yeah, Dave King. And that's right. Yeah. Booyah, Just Bob. You love the Dave Kingman reference? Oh, dearie, he, I worry about Varsho's playing time, says Chad. Why was, I don't think, what, where is the route there where he loses playing time? Because everyone, I mean, if I look at the roster real quick, I don't see somebody who would be, I mean, you got to call up Corbin Carroll from AA. I don't, he's been killing it, by the way. Corbin Carroll is a number one dynasty stud that you should have everywhere. But if you look who's on the injured list, dearie, uh, Nobody have really known. It would have to be somebody called up. And if anything, the D-backs are going to be sellers, Deary, right? They're going to trade away players. So I don't I don't think Varsha's going to lose playing time at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I mean, how often has Varsho caught this year? Has he caught any games this year? Well, since Carson Kelly's been back, that's what you really want. He, he definitely was catching he was catching a fair amount before Carson Carson Kelly's trash. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, that's not very nice. Come on. He's been heating up, man. Yeah. You have a note. Sure. No, look. What about, <laughs> what about Buddy Kennedy? Buddy Kennedy. He's a real just the best. Just the best name ever. Is he from an '80s movie? <laughs> My buddy. Actually, Carson Kelly's been sitting a bit more lately, but he did hit a home run against Detroit last weekend. That was fun. He drove in two runs, and then he drove in two runs against San Diego two days later. Okay, whatever. He's on the I mean, starting they- lineup tonight. Carson Kelly's at Coors, guys, and I would strongly recommend Uh-oh. you using Coors. Carson Kelly at Coors. I mean, what are, they, what are the Dimebacks going to do? Be like, okay, we, we have a logjam in the outfield. We still prefer 33-year-old David Peralta over Varsho. Like, oh, here's, here's what he's saying. Stone Garrett. Is this real? Stone <laughs> Garrett and Dom Fletcher, Dom Fletcher are both having monster seasons at AAA, and Will we'll get a shot. Fa- don't, weren't they a tandem in the Fast and the Furious movie? Stone Garrett and Dom Fletcher, they were. <laughs> yeah, that's right, they were. I forgot about that. Fast Horizon. That's right. Wow. I didn't know that. These are great names. I'm going to look into these guys. Thanks. Okay, Chad, look. We'll look into Stone Garrett and Dom Fletcher. They're having monster seasons, but I don't think... Varsho's still been a big part of their plans. They're either going to trade Varsho if he's not a part of their plans because they see him as a trade piece, or they're going to let him play it out, even if these guys come into the fold. That's my opinion on this, but I will... Well, let's all remember this. If you get it right, then we're going to give you full credit. Bubba says, thanks, guys. You rock. Have a great fourth. You too, Bubba. It's been great talking with you. Just Bob says, 99 hits, 99 RBIs, 200 strikeouts. Dave King. <laughs> yep, that was a legend. Take it easy, all Enjoy the weekend. Deadline 63. Good to have you here. Good to know you. Be part of the show. Connect with us. Great show, guys. Have a great and safe fourth of July. You too, Just Bob. For Christopher Deary, I'm Michael Govier. We appreciate all you guys. Have a wonderful time. Don't blow your hands off. Please, nobody lose any fingers or digits with fireworks. Fireworks are stupid and lame and completely unnecessary. Dumb. That's the show policy. Yeah. I hate hate fireworks. Russell Crowe also hates fireworks. And here he is. Bye-bye. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. 
and they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.